0: This is a podcast from ABC Overnights. Here's Michael
1: Pavlich. For Mark Sumner, is Melanie super fan, a friend, is a moderator. He went and saw her a few times in concert. I think he even met Melanie and he's also he runs the Melanie Safka Appreciation Society on Facebook. G'day, Mark. G'day, Pav. Good to talk to you again. Friends. Yeah. Uh, would have been very sad, I would have thought, uh, when we lost Melanie a couple of weeks ago, you'd been so close to her.
2: Oh, absolutely, yeah. It was quite a shock. Yeah, um, no one. Well, I didn't know that. You know, she she was ill. She had actually been uh, in the studio in recent weeks, mm. uh, recording a new album. So it was a bit of a shock. Yeah, it
1: was. Look, I just played a little bit of brand new key there, one of her huge hits, um, nineteen seventy one. I think it came out nineteen seventy two. That song, I could not believe it when I was reading up on this. That song was banned when it first came out. Can you believe
2: that? <laughs> Yeah, it was in some places uh, in America only. I think I don't know if it was banned anywhere else. Um, yeah, because some people thought that it had uh, sexual innuendo in it.
1: Well, it's actually, um, and when you listen to it or read the lyrics, it's actually quite innocent. And <laughs> you have to be—it's a bit of a stretch actually to draw that parallel. I would
2: have thought. it's—it's uh, uh, it's to do with the whole idea of the um, uh, the the. Um, the lock and the key—that—that's yeah. that, seen as a kind of Freudian, uh, a Freudian reference to uh, sex.
1: Yeah, right. Well, I think they were writing a little bit too much into it
2: because <laughs> you
1: know, when she, whenever she was interviewed, she was just saying that. Nah, sorry, <laughs> but, uh, you're reading too much into that one. Anyway, very interesting. Um, now, she was a pretty interesting character. She, from a young age, she was a performer. Her mum was a jazz singer. Um, that's she. Right. she uh, didn't fit in at school really, did she? Because she, other students thought she was a little bit different. She was a bit of a beatnik, a bit of a hippie.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she was. Um, she she uh, she felt a bit odd at school. Um, she she did start her career quite early. Um, she had her first uh, album, I think, when she was about nineteen, um, thereabouts. 1968, her first singles came out. Yep. Um, And then her first album came out in 1969, which was the same year that she uh, performed at Woodstock.
1: Now, this was a big uh, moment in her career, uh, Woodstock, because it's sort of uh, before that she probably wasn't as well known, but after Woodstock was such a hugely popular and such a high-profile concert that she really did take off. And not only that, but she wrote perhaps her biggest hit, uh, at Woodstock, and she was inspired by the crowd who were all holding up candles at a performance.
2: Yeah, the uh, her, her performance was about one o'clock in the morning and it was it was raining a bit, and um, so a lot of people in the audience uh, lit candles uh, and um, that inspired her to write um, lay down uh, brackets, candles in the rain. Yeah. Um which became a big hit with uh, the Edward Hawkins singers. Yep, yep. Someone sent a text about that, and it's, yeah. a,
1: it's an amazing song. Look, it's an eight-minute song. <laughs> to get an eight-minute song as a number one is pretty bit of an effort. So it just shows you what a good song it was.
2: Yeah, that's the full version. the, the single version was uh, about four minutes long. Okay. No worries.
3: Look, uh, let's have a chat to Bruce. If g'day,
2: Bruce. G'day,
3: Michael. Thanks for your show. No worries. Keeps keeps me going. Um, yeah, I had a fabulous concert uh, with Melody at the old Dallas Brooks Hall in uh, Melbourne. Oh yeah. And um, I was a bit of, bit of a young fan at the time, but uh, I was really taken with her personality and uh, just just the way she conducted herself. Had a ball. So this Not was so, this was in the seventies, so, yeah. I'm going to say. Oh, I think that's when 70- she. 74, 75. I know I didn't drive. Mum drove me. So
1: okay, <laughs> right. which, which year did she come to Australia for first? I think that was... Do you remember, Mark?
2: Yeah, it was 1976. 76. She came, she awesome. came, two, she came two years in a row. She, she did a solo tour in 76 and a tour with a band in 77.
1: Hmm. And was it the band or the solo show you saw, Bruce?
3: No, it must have been 76, it was a solo show, just okay. Melanie. So was just it was just her with a guitar? mm mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. I distinctly remember having a, a conversation with a chap sitting up on the third level. Um, he, she threw a comment out, he threw a comment back, and I just couldn't believe that they could hear each other so clearly. I was blown away <laughs> with that. But uh, And she was so endearing, She's great.
1: Yeah, look. Uh, for anybody who's ever saw her in concert uh, says that it was just a wonderful event, and she obviously had this presence on stage. But she obviously had a huge voice as well—a big voice to be able to hold a room like the Dallas Brooks Hall on her own. She could obviously sing.
3: Yeah, hundred percent. A couple of times when she nailed those notes, yeah, particularly lay down on a few, a few of other mm. big songs. Uh, well, lucky you, Bruce. Indeed.
1: And then she came out to Australia quite a few, 40 years later,
3: I think, and not between. Yes, with a son. She had a son playing with her. I I couldn't get to that one for some Mm. reason. That's a pity. And she also gave a lot of her uh, uh, profits or whatever uh, to uh, charity, and she did that from from early early on, I believe.
1: That's one of the things that stand out. Uh, Thank you, Bruce, for your memories there. That's great. And one of the things that stands out about Melanie Mark is her integrity and the fact that she... (laughs) She was her own woman, wasn't she?
2: Uh, definitely, yes. Um, um, she uh, she was qu- quite, quite, quite a different performer from um, many others of, of her uh, era. Uh, and and w- what Bruce was saying and what you were saying about her voice was quite true. She had a very powerful voice. Um, the single brand-new key was, wasn't really typical of yeah. her... Uh, Of her songs, Um, in in concert she she was quite stunning at times.
1: And look, lay down certainly covers that. It's a much more of a singing effort, whereas almost brand new keys almost a spoken word because she did that. She did a bit of child uh,
2: children's music as well. Wasn't Alexander Beetle
1: did she do a version of that too from memory?
2: Yeah, yeah. She had a that was on her. um, That was a bit of a hit in Australia and uh, in the UK. It was on her uh, Candles in the Rain album in 1970, 1970 I think.
1: But shows a great deal of variety
2: in just
1: those three songs we mentioned. So an artist who, you know, probably a bit hard to pigeonhole,
2: really. Absolutely, yeah. She she could do a whole range of music. Some of her albums, some of her early albums in the 70s were, were pretty much almost country albums. And uh and then she did a later album in the seventies, uh, which was almost a jazz album. Um so she had quite a she she even did a disco kind of album in, in the uh in the uh in in the mid eighties too, <laughs> which was a bit of a curiosity.
1: Mm. I'd be interested to hear that one. Uh, Kaz says, I can't believe that song was banned. I was eight when that song came out. I thought it was a fun song. So did I, Kaz. Uh, Beautiful People is Melanie's best song. She does an incredible version of Ruby Tuesday, which was used in a movie that, that Clive Owen was in. It says Jane Perth. Um, yeah, Beautiful People, another big hit for her. But yeah, Ruby mm. Tuesday was, was a massive hit as well, the
2: Rolling Stones song. Her version of that is considered one of her better works. There's a funny story associated with that. There were, she was Melanie was giving a concert in London, and I think 1974, and an irate uh, Rolling Stones fan uh, started throwing eggs at her in protest at her uh, singing Ruby Tuesday. Oh, that's a bit rough. <laughs> I, I believe they missed. <laughs> yeah, I, I reckon the Rolling Stones
1: wouldn't have been very happy about that as well. She had, a, she had a strange association with Keith Moon too, didn't she? The Who drummer, who's one of the wild men of rock and roll. <laughs> sort of, You yeah. don't sort of see him and Melanie, <laughs> you know, being on the same page, but obviously they were.
2: Yeah, they were friends. So I don't know the full story, but I, I do know that Keith... Uh introduced her when she performed at the Isle of Wight Festival in 1971, and uh, yeah, it seems a rather unlikely friendship, but apparently they did become quite close friends. Hmm. Let's have a chat to Tony. G'day, Tony.
4: Oh, that's fabulous to hear the story. I saw Melanie and her son at the Adelaide Cabaret Festival about four or five years ago, yep. and and when she came on Stage, Pat. She looked like a woman that was her own. She wanted to represent herself and communicate. She there was no pretension or. she was not no big noting she she also had a bit of a dislike for commercial radio stations. She did not like top forty stations, but that was her own personal taste and she had, in the concert, she said to her son, "Are you here for the money or you for the love of the music i think I think she was she had the love of the music, and that's what drove her and motivated her path.
1: There you go. Look, you've said something interesting there, Tony. Because whenever she did come to Australia, she'd always turn up on ABC radio, and that's obviously why. Because she <laughs> she didn't want to touch the commercials. It sounds like, and for good reason.
4: Yeah. Well, 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 she just it, it, she resented it. She yeah. just she just she had a resentment for that format, and she did not like it. She said in a concert, "I don't like." top 40 stations so, but she, they weren't her thing but every, everyone to their own but um, she put on a good performance, I love that candles
1: in the rain, lay down, lay down I thought that was sensational yes, look, If we get a chance we're going to hear a little bit of that but yeah look Tony, you're someone who has to well, used to hear a bit of commercial radio with my daughter in the car and stuff I can understand where Melanie's coming from there Jim in Mornington, day, Jim Yeah I saw Melanie at uh, Port Ferry Folk Festival
0: Amazing performance. Um, I think she set the standard of solid performance. As a twenty two year old in front of five hundred thousand people, just you and the guitar.
1: She had guts. She sure did. <laughs> Heaps of 22 guts. Years off. And they, well, I mean don't we're don't talking about that. we're talking about some very significant music festivals as well, Jim, that she played at.
0: Well, I think Beautiful People was known before she played there, but uh, um, she sprained both her ankles before getting out of the bus before she played Port Ferry. Really? Did Yeah, and she was in real pain. But she still did the gig with her son. Everyone was amazed. At one point when she opened up All Stops, I looked around at the audience and they were recoiling. Huh. The power of her voice was such... Wow. This, is, this is an extraordinary performer. You're talking about an exceptional extraordinary solo perform- or performer, the like of which comes along once in a lifetime. And then after the gig, she spent hours with people, hmm. talking about their personal problems, photos, everything. She was just so generous and big-hearted.
1: This is the, this is what you get from everybody who met her, everybody who's interviewed her, every uh, time you hear when you heard her speaking on the radio or people talking to her, you you get that feeling that she really had a lot of integrity and she cared deeply for people. Yeah,
0: she was a true artist in the sense that she used art to lift up people's spirits.
1: There's one story I've got, Jim, of uh, there was a rock concert in um, America that she was due to play at with a whole lot of other artists and there was an injunction brought down, I think, by the locals, and so they stopped the concert, but that didn't stop 30,000 teenage Americans from turning up. I think this was in 1971. I forget the name of the festival. Uh, but yeah. she ignored the court order, ignored everyone, and she, out of all the artists on the bill, and there's big, big names, she, she turned up, and she, she was the only one who did, and she did this concert for the people who were there. Do you know anything about that story, Mark?
2: Uh, A little bit. I think it was called Powder Ridge. That's right, yep, yep. Um, And, yeah, there there was a court injunction, as you said, and um, she uh, apparently um, managed to get a kind of uh, makeshift stage um, erected and uh, I think about 5,000 people turned up anyway and she performed for them.
1: I got, it. I got it. There were uh, thirty thousand people turned up, and uh, really? it was, yeah, it was meant to be a fantastic night. They had to actually get power because they cut the power off to them. They had to get they they hooked all the trucks up, all the Mister Whippy vans or something, and they managed to divert the power onto the stage to get the PA going that way. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but I love the story. She was
0: an inspiring, inspiring performer to a whole generation, and. She's uh, an example of art as intellect. They don't come
1: more intelligent
0: than Melanie Safka.
1: I think, and look, you can see it also in the diversity of her work, Uh, don't you think, Jim? fact That she can do something like lay down candles in the rain and then also do Alexander Beadle. It it really is a huge difference. Well, that was the thing.
0: She had had the dynamic range to go from whisper singing to absolute
1: all stops out, and she could blow you away. She could blow anyone away. That's a really good way of pointing it. it is, it's dynamic range, Jim, is exactly what we're talking about, to be able to go sing from very softly spoken stuff to big, big voice, and she had that. Not
0: many can do that. No. Yeah. no. And she's such a warm-hearted, lovely, lovely person to meet, you know.
1: There's a big soul in there, Jim. It's going to be sadly missed. Yeah. I'm sure you very a very
0: inspiring
1: person. Yeah. Thanks for having the show about her. Yeah,
2: pleasure. Good, good to talk to you,
1: Jim. Thanks. Uh, There's a nice call, Mark.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's amazing how much uh love uh people have for Melanie. Uh, it's, it's 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 an interesting uh are an interesting bunch of people Melanie fans.
1: Yeah, look uh, it, it's it seems to be people who've seen her live uh, have had the most impact.
2: Yeah, that that certainly makes a big difference. Yeah. The first time I saw her was in Zurich in Switzerland in 1988. Okay, And, and uh, it, had a, it had a very powerful effect on me at that time. And uh, hmm. I, I had been a fan, you know, when I was younger. But uh, yeah. from that moment on, I, you know, I, I collected everything I could. Uh, we're with Mark Sumner this
1: morning. We're talking about Melanie Safka paying tribute to the life of the wonderful singer. Um. Could you please play the long version of Lay Down? It would be good. That's from Bruce. We'll see what we can do, Bruce. We'll certainly try to play that one. Uh, Absolute (laughs) classic Lay Down, says Kaz. Uh, I got this text from uh, uh, Maria from Gnomes. It said, I saw Melanie at the Regent Theatre in Sydney in 1976. My first live concert, I felt she was singing just for me. Her concert is still the most memorable. There you go. Uh, I'm going to see Judy Collins and James Taylor gigs in Melbourne in the next couple of months. I'm sure that they will give a nod to Melanie, says Kaz. I think Melanie got a nod at the Grammys
2: yesterday, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. she she was included in the uh, uh, In Memoriam yep. um, section of the uh, program, yeah. And so she should just, have been. Just, just uh, an image on the screen, yeah.
1: Now, just tell me quickly, you, you met her, Mark?
2: Uh, yeah, I got to know her a bit uh, in America, in the uh, uh, in the 90s, um, I was living in uh, North America, and um, I got to know her and her family, uh, um, and I had a fair bit to do with them for f- uh, a few years, and uh, um, I did try to help bring her out to Australia uh, um, in the 90s, but that didn't eventuate at that time. But yeah, I I I, I can't say that we were close friends, but you know I did have a a reasonable association with her over many many years. I mean you
1: you got you got to meet her, which is pretty amazing. So you would have had a first hand impression of just just
2: what a lovely person she was. I had the privilege of carrying her guitar back to her car once after a concert.
1: <laughs> hey, good on you, you roadie. No. <laughs> I've got a te- oh, Let's have a chat to Stephen in Perth. Stephen, good day.
5: you know, I'm an old I'm 70 and a bit of an old 70 myself. Yep. So I can't remember the specific year, but it was kind of like late like 70s, maybe early 90s. I was living in Darwin and. Um, I was a really close friend with the manager of a, a Northern Territory... Yeah, and listen, uh, Stephen, Stephen,
1: Stephen, we're having trouble hearing you again, mate. Is there any chance you could speak uh, a little bit closer to your phone? Yeah, is that
5: better? That's much,
1: much better, thank you. Oh,
5: I'm sorry, I'm all like right. so I speak through the top. <laughs> yeah. Um, Yes, I I was really close friends with the um, manager of the Northern Territory Hotel, the Territory. Okay. At that time, there was a concert with uh, Joe Cocker, Um, and I think that went for about three days, and Melanie was the act um, before him, so a support act. So at the end of those two or three days' concert, they were all exhausted. They had a day off, and the manager of the hotel organised certain crew to get on two very big boats with high-powered motors out the back, and we would all go to an isolated beach. So there was Joe Copper and his crew in a boat. I remember Melanie was next to me on our boat and about halfway to the destination uh, the captain on our boat said let's have a bit of fun. So uh, two of the stewards jumped over the back of the boat and and got into nude water skiing. And Melanie was a little bit of, not so, well, a bit of pin proper, and she just is eyeboggled of two guys over the back of the boat, nude water skin. uh Had a lot of fun. We were all drinking champagne. Uh, when one fell off, we all had to stop because it was saltwater crocodiles. <laughs> Fair enough. So we picked them up. Um, and then we found this. Beautiful, isolated beach, and, um, you know, no expense was given. There was just so much good food and good booze.
1: Oh, what an amazing uh, thing. You got to meet her and have a boat trip with her. I'll tell you what, those uh, the nude water skiing probably should have gone on Joe Cocker's boat. That would have been much more the sort of thing that his band (laughs) would have been up to.
5: On our boat, the two (laughs) stewards were ordered over... Over the
1: back of the boat, on the of a bottle of champagne. Yep, no, it sounds amazing. What an incredible story that that was, uh, Mark. Anyway, lucky to be a part of that. Joe Cocker Absolutely. as well on the same boat. G'day, Bill.
3: Yeah, good morning, Pat. How are you? Yeah,
1: good. Thanks. How about you?
3: Yeah, good, mate. Getting ready for work. All right. Good to hear. But, uh, you. Have a good day. Good luck. I'm going to certainly try. Yeah, I was just talking before. Um, people use, it, there's a, a duet with Miley Cyrus. Oh, yep. And uh, it's called Look What You've Done To My Song, Ma. And I think Melanie was around about 70 years old then, and she's still huh. done done the song fine. And I've never been a real Miley Cyrus fan, but she done a, a hell of a job on it.
1: People have been telling me Miley Cyrus has done some really good covers lately. Uh, there yeah. you go. A bit interesting duet, for sure.
3: Yeah, and uh, they look like they had a bit of fun doing it, too. So, uh, yeah, anyone that's keen on Melanie, have a look at that YouTube. All
1: right. Well worth a look. Hey, Bill, thanks, mate. No worries. You have a good day, Pat. You too. Cheers.
3: See you, buddy. Ta-da.
1: Mark, uh, there's lots of fans out there we're hearing from Melanie, and uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that duet we just heard about with Miley Cyrus. You check that out?
2: Yeah, they did a show on... Um together or maybe five or so years ago um it was called called something like the backyard sessions um it's on you can find it online uh and it goes it goes for about half an hour, I think. They did a number of songs together, Melanie and Miley Cyrus, yeah. Miley was quite a big Melanie fan. Okay. Uh,
1: yeah. Going to Carolina on my mind, play this song and you'll instantly have a new favourite song for the rest of your life, says Ed in Londonbury. Londondry. Uh, I love Melanie. I saw her at Dallas Brooks Hill Lockdown uh, in recent times. Her Facebook sessions throughout the pandemic were terrific, helping to get through all those lockdowns. Her partnership with Miley Cyrus was fun too, and a great version of Hard Rain's Gonna Fall, RIP Melanie. That's from Jill in Geelong. And I've got this one as well. Uh, is it correct that Melanie was of Ukrainian heritage and married to a Ukrainian producer? That's right. Her, her
2: parents were Ukrainian, weren't they? were one of them. Uh, her father yeah. was um, of Ukrainian background. Her mother was of Italian background, ha. Uh, and I, I think her husband, Peter Shikirik, um I think he was actually of Polish background. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Great talking to you, Mark. We should go out with a little bit of lay down because lots of people are wanting to hear it. So, um, yeah, lovely. Thank you for filling us in on the life of Melanie Safka this morning. Much appreciated. Thanks, Pav. Okay, uh, Mark Sumner there. Melanie, superfan, fan, friend, and moderator of the Melanie Safka Appreciation Society. That's on Facebook. Anybody who wants to check out Mark's page and had their appreciation or their tributes to Melanie, you can do that just to get onto Facebook and go, Melanie Safka Appreciation Society.